Welcome back to the program. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord our God, we come before you in Jesus' name, and we ask, Father, that you would take care of us, that your Holy Spirit would stir in our hearts all that we need to know you and love you and serve you. Lord, we are nothing without you. Please, Lord, just bless us. Bless us today with all that we need to be able to sense your presence, experience your power, and be led by your guidance. We yield to you. We abandon ourselves to you. And we make this prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. As we begin the program today, just just to begin with, um, my first words to you are words of, let's get clear about what's happening as it concerns this uh, the, the mandate to receive vaccinations for COVID-19 and how to uh, see it and approach it from um, a, an authentically Catholic standpoint. Um, this isn't the program where I'm going to dive into all the details about um, the ethical um, standpoint around vaccines, but rather I'm going to address people who are in certain specific circumstances. And, and here's, here's my goal. My goal is to give you a sense of encouragement that you'll realize you're not alone to let you know that, um, uh, that there are so many in the body of Christ who are suffering together, praying uh, for you, and uh, I'm here to support you. I just want you to know that there's love in my heart for you who are right now in the midst of an intense battle and trial. And that battle and trial is taking many forms. The first form is the one I think that is impacting the most people. And that has to do with the way that families are being divided. Families. I can say friends as well, neighbors, because I hear about it regularly. But families are being divided by the decisions they're making around um, relating to COVID, uh, COVID-19 the things that they're choosing to do or not do. Vaccines is one of them, of course, but then other lifestyle decisions associated with protocols that some families would consider unsafe and others consider to be perfectly fine. And it's dividing families. It has divided families. You know this. You, you know this, that um, it, brothers and sisters, uh, parents and children uh, are getting into uh, seemingly unbridgeable gaps regarding, should you go get to go see mom? Should you go get to see dad? Uh, because you're not vaccinated. Um, you uh, or your family can't come and visit our family because of the lifestyle you live in terms of um, uh, using masks, social distancing, um, where you're going. And it's it's division. It's, it's, it's demonic. There's a spiritual component to what's happening here, that is, it, it it it's plain to see, but because it's so, it, it encompasses so much of our lives now, that we become. It's like we lose awareness of it. Uh, we lose awareness of just like how immersed we are in this. Um, and so I know that there are some of you that live in an environment where, when you wake up in the morning, you don't get to go very far into your day before this reality of COVID-19 protocols impact you. 
And and so it's the news that you 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 read, the information that is uh, coming at you through uh, the internet, through television, um, in your workplaces. It's like this has fundamentally now shaped our consciousness regarding just living day-to-day lives. And when you bump up against people who differ on these things, boy, you can talk about neighbors that would have been typically friendly and, and happy and open to see each other. Now there's a wall that separates. That's uh, whatever else it is, there is a spiritual component at work there. The devil is a divider. The devil is a divider who wants to insert chaos and to throw obstacles in the way of people living in communion together as brothers and sisters who share a neighborhood, brothers and sisters who share a name, blood, and a family, as brothers and sisters in the community of faith. And so I say to you, first of all, if if you feel that impact personally, deeply, existentially, where you're feeling cut off from being able to be together with other family members because of COVID-19 and the way things have unfolded, turn to the Lord in prayer. Know that I'm, I'm praying for you and with you. I'm going to be praying in, in a little bit here um, for you as you are trying to say, Lord, how are you going to resolve this? Lord, how are you going to help overcome these obstacles? It, it, what the devil wants is isolation. He wants us to be cut off from each other. He, he doesn't want communion. He doesn't want understanding. And so anything to sow discord, anything to sow uh, confusion, note the hand of the demonic. And so our remedies are prayer and fasting, humbling ourselves before the Lord, crying out for his mercy and for his hand of power to come upon us, begging the Lord to take what has been meant for evil purposes or is leading to evil, he will turn it into good. He will redeem. He will unbind and set free all that is right now binding us up. Cling to that. Cling to the Lord in hope. Cling to abandon yourself to him. Don't abandon hope. Don't say there is no hope. There's no way out. No, abandon yourself into his hands. He is here for you. You're not alone. And there, this will pass. The Lord will see us through. I've talked about this as an Elijah moment, as a Benedict moment, as a Joseph moment. And, and you know what I mean by that. The Elijah moment is you can't straddle the issue any longer. Is the, if the Lord is God, follow him. If Baal, follow him. It's a Benedict moment. And that means coming apart from the wider society and binding more closely with those who share a common faith and a common understanding of faith in order to preserve the faith there is and then ultimately to promote the faith into a culture for your own families and those around you. And that means, third, That means fleeing the scourge, fleeing the slaughter of the innocents like Joseph did when he took Mary and the baby Jesus away from the slaughter to Egypt. So wherever your Egypt is, wherever that is for you, you need a place of refuge, a place. And and by that, I, I don't mean physically moving for everybody. I mean that you have to find a community where you will know that you'll be receiving clear guidance clear teaching, and courageous teaching, where you'll be able to stand up, speak out, and push back against ideas, against laws and policies that are wreaking havoc on people's lives.
And so um, this is the moment that we're, we're asked to live in right now. And so when I, um, when I talk about um, this reality of uh, COVID-19 having um, a, a negative impact on, uh, on families, um, we, we see a whole new level of this happening um, this week because of the um, putting into um, imp- the implementation of the uh, vaccine mandate in the, in the state of Washington and how it has put um, some of you listeners um, into very, very difficult circumstances. Um, the great majority of those who are listening to my voice, you've already made your decision about getting vaccinated or not getting vaccinated. You've sought to inform your conscience. You've sought to choose to go down a path that said, in the light of this pandemic, what ought I do for the health of health and well-being of myself, my family, and the wider community around me? What ought to be the path to help prevent my catching or our catching this virus? Um, what is the treatment plan to follow to fight against this virus? And what do I do um, once I'm in a state where I have the antibodies, the immunity within me, whether that is a natural immunity or through vaccination, um, how do I go forward? Now, the great majority of you, you've already been able to peacefully make your decision about choosing to be vaccinated or not. I'm talking today to those who are uh, in the fire. You're between the rock and the hard place. You are a, you're listening to my voice and you're a faith-filled Catholic who has made a discernment that has said, I can't, uh, I can't in good conscience take this vaccine. That's some of you. And among those who have made that decision, you've also now faced a situation where your employer is under the uh, requirement or has established a requirement that anyone who would continue to remain in employment must be vaccinated and is, in addition to that, not allowing for um, an exemption um, for uh, a religious exemption in particular um, or for other moral reasons. Um, and, And so there are companies and there are agencies for whom uh, that's the way that they're applying um, the law, maybe because of the federal level or the state level. I, I'm not getting into those details. What I just want to do is speak to those who are in in the fire. Um, and it's this. You're not alone. You're not alone. The Lord is with you, and he sees the battle that you're facing. You might be looking around saying, I need guidance, I'm searching for guidance regarding what I ought to do. How do I live out the convictions that I have in a way that um, will allow me to have a sense of peace when what I'm facing right now is the loss of a job? How do I do that? Well, I'm going to read a letter. Um, I'm going to read a letter from uh, Bishop Athanasius Schneider. Um, There are so many uh, sources of guidance around here that you can get regarding uh, the uh, the legitimacy of, uh, in conscience, making a decision not to be vaccinated. Um, 
that's not the that's not the line of communication I'm I'm going on today. I'm talking today to those who have already in your own mind and heart made the decision to say um, I I'm not going to get vaccinated and I now am faced with losing my job. So this is where I want to just give you the the words of Bishop Athanasius Schneider um, on um, the vaccine mandate. He says, Today I greet all of those workers who at this very hour who are being forced to choose between keeping their job and getting the COVID-19 vaccine or being fired for not getting the vaccine. Some of you have already paid the price for the truth about the COVID-19 vaccine and its causal link to abortion. I'm deeply touched by the witness of a lady in the U.S. who writes, Today was my last day of packing up the remainder of my stuff. As I would not take the vaccine, I was told to leave last Friday. They called over and asked me to tidy up my desk and said that today would be my last day. My boss is hoping that I will cave in, get vaccinated, and come back. I am extremely sad. And then uh, Bishop Schneider goes on, I am moved by the witness of this woman. I would say to her, today, pack up, you pack up your things from your place of work, and while you pack, your treasure is being transferred to the room that Jesus has already prepared for you in the kingdom of heaven. There are thousands and thousands of Catholics like her who have the courage to choose Christ and who will not throw a pinch of incense to Caesar, just like the very first Catholics of old. I encourage all of you to hold fast to your conviction and to your faithfulness to Christ. The sufferings and the losses that you will have to endure are tiny when compared to the reward that God prepared for you in heaven. For I reckon that the sufferings of this time are not worthy to be compared with the glory to come that shall be revealed in us. Romans 8, 18. I urge you to continue on this path that you have chosen of witnessing to the truth that unborn life is sacred and that the trafficking of fetal body parts is an evil industry that cries out to Almighty God for his justice. As you seek his kingdom first and above all, believe that you will be provided for. I want to read that one more time. As you seek his kingdom first and above all, believe that you will be provided for. Jesus and Mary will open up new ways to provide for your families. I also exhort and encourage the lay faithful of means to step in and help your fellow Catholics to find new meaningful work. My dear brothers and sisters, these are the prices that we knew we would always had to pay to be faithful to Jesus Christ. And now at this very hour, the payment is being required. And so we must pray that we will pass the test and be faithful to the Lord Jesus. I give all of you God's abundant blessings. Bishop Athanasius Schneider. When we come back, I'm going to go back over a few of these lines and talk about how they um, are so meaningful to me. Back in a minute with more Sound Insight. Welcome back to the program. This is Tom Curran. It's great to be with you today. Um, I, I had been asked to share some words to those who are um, sort of in the like right now in the fire, in the fire of um, wondering what do I do to be faithful to my own conscience, my own formed conscience as it concerns the way in which I will seek to remain healthy and to um, uh, 
live out the church's teaching and um, follow my conscience as it concerns the COVID-19 vaccines and the mandate to get vaccinated as it's impacting my ability to have my job, right? So that's what I'm talking about. I'm not here today to go through the different arguments because I'm sure you've heard them all. And I, I know Catholics of goodwill and of deep faith who have chosen to be vaccinated. And I know Catholics of goodwill and deep faith who have chosen not to be vaccinated. And so I don't, I don't have some special wisdom that's going to convince or convert people from one position or the other. Not the purpose of this program. I am saying if you come to a discernment and you choose to live in accord with that discernment, don't presume a bad intention on the part of others. No one is trying to kill other people by the decisions they make. Uh, they are choosing to do what they believe is right and good and will allow them to continue to be in right relationship with the Lord in accord with their own conscience. And so it's in the light of that that I have been, um, I, I'm reaching out today to those that are in the fire. Um, and and here's what I here's what I want to take from Bishop Schneider's letter. Um, he said this, he said, as you seek his kingdom first and above all, believe that you will be provided for. Believe that you will be provided for. Jesus and Mary will open up new ways to provide for your families. Um, I, I want you to hear that. I want you to believe that. I want to say that all the horrors and all the, the, the darkness, all the, the, the challenges that have reached our lives, that have impacted all of our lives since COVID-19 emerged on the scene a year and a half ago, um, God has used COVID-19 to strip many families of ways of looking at life of ways of prioritizing life, of ways of um, valuing and, and putting things in certain prioritized order, uh, th those things have crumbled. And it, that's been a blessing. It's been a blessing to be stripped down from a way of living life that is not putting his kingdom first and above all. And instead, it's been believing that we can choose to live a life that keeps us comfortable and allows us to remain indifferent to uh, to painful things happening uh, around us in society or in the world. And so, in in for many Catholics, COVID nineteen has been a wake up call. It's been a wake up call that has made us stop and say, "What's really most important in my life?" What's really, really going to be the most important thing in my life? And, um, and it's caused a lot of people to change their lifestyles and, and to change literally where they're living for the sake of their faith, for the sake of their kids' faith. And, and that's one of the, the ways in which you've heard me talk about this as um, you know a, a moment of Elijah, Benedict, and Joseph. Um, but... There are many right now who are faced with this Elijah moment at a whole new level. The Elijah moment, how long will you straddle the issue? And, and they're not being allowed to straddle the issue any longer, right? It's get, get vaccinated and keep your job, or don't get vaccinated and, and lose your job. And this is one of those choices that 
many people that who are contacting me, like, I didn't choose that kind of choice. I didn't want that as the option, but it's been thrust upon me. What do I do? And I'll tell you, it is so easy, convenient to just say, oh, trust in God. Just trust in God. No, I, I want there to be teeth on this. I want there to be something that you can cling to more than just some words. I want to. I do want to speak boldly in faith and say, when I have had to take serious actions that have fundamentally changed my family's life for the good of my family, God has always provided for us. God has always provided for us, even in shocking ways, unexpected, unanticipated, unimagined ways. The Lord has taken care of us. He's a faithful God. He, it's everything from, um, again, let me go all the way back to just living in church ministry. Like, the, How could God possibly take care of us where we were not able to conceive children? And God miraculously intervened, and all of a sudden, we're blessed with nine children in 12 years. Um, that's, that's God. That's God taking care of us, providing for us in a shocking way. Um, to be able to have Carrie be at home, to be able to afford a home, being working in church ministry, God shockingly provided. He provided for our family. And then when we moved our family from our longstanding community in Federal Way up to be closer to Kennedy Catholic, it was, it was an uprooting. It was a hard decision. But it was like, you know what? We need to do this for the sake of our family, to, to provide for our kids the uh, education and the formation and faith that would happen there uh, at Kennedy Catholic and in the communities that we'd be part of there. And that uprooting was difficult, and the Lord provided. He provided for our family. And then when all of that went sideways two years ago, and we experienced tremendous suffering as a family because of trials associated with um, what was unfolding in the culture as it became alive and unfolded in our teenagers' lives. It was like, we have to do something. Half measures are not getting it done. We have to uproot our family and move. That was our decision, and you've heard me tell that story. But that was not easy. It was really difficult to leave behind Carrie's family, all in the Seattle area, most of her family, especially her mom and Christine, lives with her mom and we love Christine and miss her and miss her mom and uh, her siblings to uproot from all of that and to come over where we are now it's like not easy Lord we need you to provide well who knows how God has sort of mapped things out for us but um, I know this as you honor God as you put the Lord first, as you say, Lord, I'm going to follow you, even now when it gets to be harder than I ever imagined it was going to get, even though it means following you in ways that I didn't anticipate, I don't want, I don't enjoy, this is hard, and that's the folks in the workplace who are faced with, okay, how am I going to go forward? Well, Jesus and Mary will open up new ways to provide for your families. Pray, fast, deny yourself things, pray a rosary every day, 
put yourself, put your family into the hands of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, into her heart, ask her to go to Jesus and say they have no more wine, like at the wedding feast, they are out, they're spent, they're empty, and you'll get the best wine. Now there's a, another part of this, it's the next sentence that Bishop Athanasius Schneider says, I also exhort and encourage the lay faithful of means to step in and help your fellow Catholics to find new meaningful work. I also exhort and encourage the lay faithful of means to step in and help your fellow Catholics to find new meaningful work. I am all fired up to do that. Since I came out here and within months of coming out here, I got together with some other guys and I said, look, um, God has blessed us by having us be here, but we need to help for those who are called, for those who are called, not for everybody, not for everybody, not for everybody. Everyone's going to find their own Egypt, uh, your own place of refuge for your families. And I just say that because I'm uh, hypersensitive to the fact that some people get offended if I say you should move. Um, uh, but I say you should take action. Okay, don't don't interpret me as saying physically move if that's not your call. Um, but for those who are moving or who want to move, one of the biggest things that prevents them is, where am I going to work? I have a job over there. Where am I going to go if I come over here? And so I got together with guys. It was almost two years ago. Yeah, it was, well, maybe a year and a half ago, and said, how do we solve this problem of jobs? How do we solve the other problem is where do they live? And, um, and how do we help build a bridge so they can get here? And like I've been like pulling together groups of guys to say, how do we figure this out? How do we figure this out? And and it's it's been really beautiful that guys have been talking about it, thinking about it, praying about it, and taking some actions around it, around gathering lay faithful of means, you know, uh, guys that and families that moved here that that are wealthy, that um, have owned businesses, that want to start businesses or buy businesses, um, and are thinking about what kind of industries to get into that can provide jobs, not only for those that move here, but for their kids as they're growing up. And it's like, how, um, uh, and I'm like, God, I just want to play a part in this. I just want to play a part in helping this happen. So, you know me, I love trying to pull guys together and get them uh, discerning and thinking and strategizing. And so um, so the, the latest thing I, I've shared with you is um, my, just like I went and got my real estate license so that I can help families figure stuff out regarding moving. And, and for me, it's less about like selling real estate. Uh, it's more uh, selling, uh, helping someone buy a home. It's, it's more about meeting with the family praying with them, talking with them, helping them realize uh, and discern and, and figure out, okay, how do, we, how do we make the move? What would that even look like? How do we get clear about what move we ought to make? And oh, by the way, that, that would involve a house. So let me help you get connected with the folks who can help you sell your house or buy a house or, or rent if that's the best decision and where you'd possibly go and where you could get connected to other families that um, are on that similar path, right? And as soon as I, I'm like, Lord, I think there might be a ministry here. All these phone calls have been coming in, and it's, it's, um, 
it just made me realize I need to bring this out into the open that um, there are lay faithful who are who are people of means who are figuring this out. And I, I say to you, if if your refuge, if your place of Egypt is going to be to stay on the west side, to stay in the Puget Sound area, if it's going to be to be up in Everett, to be on uh, in in Kirkland, in Bellevue, if it's going to be in Tacoma, if it's going to be in Olympia, if it's going to be um, in Linwood, in Seattle, wherever it's going to be, that the Lord is going to gather you together with that remnant to build that Benedict option to say we are going to live our faith here together, wherever that is for you. Um, uh, and you're in the fire right now. There are laity, and, and laity, if you're in those places, Consider that the Lord has gifted you with a business, with financial strength, that you can put at the service of those that are right now in the fire and they're losing their jobs. And I would love to help these folks who are making a decision to stand firm in faith, even at the cost of their job, to be able to get connected with those of you who are like, look, I've got some means, I've got some jobs, I've got a willingness to allow wonderful Catholics who are in those circumstances to see what I can do to help them. I would love to hear from you. I'd love to hear from you so that these folks will know they're not alone. I can't tell you how many of these families that I've moved here have helped connect them to jobs, connect them to those who have jobs, who have jobs available, who have have businesses, so that they can um, make the move. We all have to play a part, and I, I just my part today is just to speak a word of comfort, of consolation, of uh, encouragement to those of you that have made that decision, and as a result are potentially going to lose your job. I'm here for you. You're not alone. Reach out to me. Reach out to me. Email me. Be in touch with me. I can connect with you over phone, over Zoom, to pray with you, to help you get some thoughts or ideas about what is next, where you could go, what you can do. You are not meant to do this alone. And if you stand firm in faith, watch what God will do. Watch what God will do. And so God didn't bring us this far to just let us fall. He didn't bring us this far to just say, yeah, let them figure it out on their own right now. No, it's going to be a time of more intensive, bold praying and more intensive, bold action, dedicated action. It's going to be both things. It's going to be both things if we are going to live as missionary disciples, as radiant witnesses of our Catholic faith in this time. It's time for Catholics to step up, stand up, speak out, and push back. And that means, yes, face the consequences as well. All right, I'm up against a break. When we come back, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for you guys on Sound Insight. Please stay tuned. Welcome back to Sound Insight. This is Tom Curran. It's great to be with you today. And um, sharing, it's, it's, I, I got to tell you, it's one of the hardest programs I think I've ever done in, in 15 years on the radio. It just, 
kind of it just hits all these like areas of sensitivity where I I, I want to stay in 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 the will of God and the plan of God and the part that God has for me to play. This isn't about uh, me and my decision. It's about helping you as you make your decision. And um, again, this is one of those really painful crosses that we as a church face because we have church leaders and uh, holy, faithful Catholics who have made different decisions about um, uh, COVID-19 and how it should impact their lives. And in particular, now with these mandates, as it concerns the concept of vaccination in their own lives. And as that mandate hits their lives, it's dislodged them from a peaceful place of just going forward and saying, you know what, you can believe those things and kind of do your thing. I can believe my thing and do and believe what I want and do my thing. And that's not the situation here. Now it's kind of like, no, you do our thing or you're going to lose this thing, which is your job. And so we ought to be able as a Catholic community of faith to stand up and to say for those who have uh, in conscience a, um, uh, a reason why they are choosing not to be vaccinated, um, we ought to be able to support them uh, in, in their path. And so um, for those of you that are in the fire right now and who are at risk of losing your job, uh, because of your decision to follow your conscience in faith, to follow the uh, decisions that you've made as a result of your own understanding of what's at stake here, um, praying for you. And for those families that have, are divided right now, where you have been cut off from each other, from loved ones, because of this very issue, um, I'm praying for you as well. And for those of you that have not been impacted in either way, but are listening to this and saying, wow, thank you, Lord, that I didn't have to face that in my life. And Lord, what is my part? I'm praying for you as well, that the Lord would give you the grace of discerning among all the things that, that can be done here and now, what's your part? So let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, You've been pierced and are open to us. Your flame of love, your furnace of love overwhelms us. And so, Jesus, I come to you now on behalf of, in the place of, and for the sake of these dear brothers and sisters of mine in faith who are in the fire, who are faced with the loss of employment, because of what's happening in these mandates. Lord, I, I lift them before you right now, and I ask that you would grant them peace. Overwhelm them, Lord, with a sense of peace. Grant them, Lord, that sense of knowing that you're not alone. I'm here. I am with you, says the Lord. He is with you. And that he already has for you the solution, the answer. He has for you the way forward. Lord Jesus, I ask that you would truly give them that tangible sign, that concrete sense of your nearness and your power to lead, provide, and protect them and their families 
as they walk out this path step by step. I pray, Lord, for the support of other brothers and sisters in in the faith as they walk this path, that they would know they're not alone. Mother Mary, please may your mantle of motherly intercession and, uh, and protection be over them and over their families, over their finances, and over whatever it is that they are to do in terms of finding a new job in their existing place uh, or moving to a place where they can work. Lord, you know the way. Show them the way. I pray, Lord, that you'd connect them with those who would help them find the support and the encouragement and the accountability they need to be able to take the next step in their journey. Please, Jesus, grant them the courage they need, the strength they need, to live in accord with what is going to be authentic and uh, truly uh, and beautifully an expression of their lived faith. I pray for my brothers and sisters uh, in the wider church who are experiencing suffering, division, isolation, confusion in families and among relatives and friends, among neighbors, among uh, the friends of their kids, Lord, I pray for those who have been impacted relationally, emotionally, psychologically as a result of the stresses, tensions, the the fights, the confusion regarding uh, COVID-19 and and how to go forward as a community, how to go forward uh, as a society. Lord, I just ask that you would allow a, a healing balm of peace to wash over their minds and hearts for all of these dear sweet brothers and sisters who are listening who are in that circumstance and who just feel at a loss as to what to do, please, Jesus, take care of them. Please watch over them. And I pray in a special way for all of their departed loved ones in faith who are aware of them in heaven, who are watching over them from heaven. I pray and I ask for the beautiful intercession of you, dear sweet, Uh, brothers and sisters in uh, the great uh, family tree of history, for our departed loved ones who are watching over us now from heaven. Pray for us. Pray for us all that we would discern the work of darkness, we discern the work of the evil one, and know how to battle using spiritual weapons, trusting, Lord, that you will take care of us trusting, Lord, that you will show us the way. And Lord, I just pray for reconciliation where relationships have been broken. I pray for restoration where relationships can be renewed. I pray for new openness and understanding. Please, Jesus, do a mighty work. And Lord, I pray for those who are um, who have been blessed and, and preserved from serious effects in their families, in their homes, in their work, in their lives, in their health, those that have been mightily preserved by your mercy and so abundantly blessed by your generosity. I pray, Lord, that they would hear a call to step up and to be of service to step up and to use their means uh, 
to use their gifts, their experience, their financial strength, their ingenuity and innovative spirit to be able to discern what they can do to be of help, offering a job, offering other forms of support, helping to start new businesses, helping to uh, move into areas and, and to help area, areas of business uh, and financial uh, help to be able to help these families who are right now struggling to find a way forward. Please, Jesus, bring together people willing to work hard, to sacrifice, to be dedicated, to, to live out our Catholic identity as first and foremost, as central to how we live in this world. Lord, we can't do it without you. We humble ourselves before you. Lord, we're, we're shy to ask for great things. But Lord, we want to make space for you to do a miracle, to move in supernatural abundance, to bless us beyond what we imagine. And Lord, help us in the midst of all of this not to be afraid of suffering, not to be afraid of, um, not to be afraid of persecution, not to be afraid of tribulations and difficulties. Lord, prepare us. Lord, prepare us for the times ahead. Lord, prepare us for um, that which is coming that is unknown to us, but is known to you. And so, Lord, we do look to you with utter confidence because you delight in us. You love us so much. And so pour forth your love upon us. And I pray, Lord, especially for those who are right now in the greatest difficulty. I pray for those that are impacted by COVID physically, those that are in the hospital, those that are, have family members and loved ones that are in the hospital being treated for COVID. I pray, Lord, for, uh, for healthcare workers and those that are working on treatments and, and cures uh, for COVID-19. Please, Jesus, just continue to advance those efforts, bless those workers, and bring healing to those that are sick. Please, Lord, do it quickly. Lord, end this suffering. End this pandemic. Bind it up and cast it away in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, I'm up against a break. Back in a minute with more Sound Insight. Welcome back to the program. This is Tom Curran. Um, I had shared before I prayed, um, if, if you are in a situation where you're uh, at risk of um, losing your job and trying to figure out a way forward, uh, I want to help you to the extent that I'm able. And so there is a way to get in touch with me, and that is you can uh, email me. Just go to my website, mycatholicfaith.org, mycatholicfaith.org. And you'll see a button there that says Contact Tom. And um, I'd love to hear from you. I will be of support to as many as I can um, in whatever ways that I can. And so it's not just me, though. Uh, I really am building a network of folks around the state, around these places where this program is heard, to be able to connect you with others who maybe have a job, connect you with others who... Uh, can maybe provide you with some guidance, fellowship, some fellowship and faith to be able to um, f- 
find the strength that the Lord is ready to provide so that you can lead and provide and protect your family, so that you can discern and take action in accord with your own sincerely held religious convictions in in accord with the faith uh, to follow your conscience in living out what the faith is asking of you. And so, um, and and you know what? I I, I said this uh, a little bit earlier in the program that what's happening in the the world right now um, associated with COVID-19 is uh, it's led to lots of divisions and, and, and spiritual darkness. But there's so many other th- strands and streams of things happening in this world that also you know, evokes or, or points to the spiritual warfare and the darkness that is hitting our world. That, you know what? God is going to be victorious over it and through it. The Lord Jesus is going to show himself a redeemer. But we're seeing what shortages shortages in stores in part because of these supply chain issues you know you've all now heard about these um, large container ships off the coast of LA and other places I guess um, and how downstream from that there are just these supply chain problems and so now you're beginning to see like visibly shortages in in department stores uh in food stores um things are becoming more scarce and it's not because of covid-19 and people making run on toilet paper at costco no this is this is a different thing that people are running out of stuff um uh, you know here and there and everywhere whether it's in a restaurant saying gosh you know we didn't get in our delivery of of a certain kind of steak or whether it's, um, oh, we didn't get uh, some of the um, things we needed at this coffee stand, which happened, or Carrie was shopping in a store, and it was like, wow, there was just like 10 different pairs of pants, period, all sizes. (laughs) That was it. Uh, It was just like, so there were shortages. Then there's inflation. Have you noticed how much stuff is going up in price? It just is. Um, And it's you know, across the board, well, maybe not across the board, but in many sectors of our day-to-day living expenses, prices are going up. And so now it's becoming harder to make that dollar that we're earning go as far as it used to. It's not. The value of what our dollar can purchase is going down. So we have inflation going up and going up fast. So and on top of that, we have these, without getting too far into politics, we've got these other decisions being made that financially could mean the devaluing of our dollar that much more and the amount of uh, debt in the country going up shockingly higher. Um, not to mention like other issues of unrest, whether it's down at the southern border and how that that whole reality is being related to or whether it's what happened in Afghanistan, and then what's happening in other parts of the world. There's a lot of places of of pain and suffering and darkness. Oh, and by the way, just the other ones that I point to how very often on Sound Insight, you know, the scourge of the internet, the comprehensive sexuality education, and the diabolical disorientation that comes from gender ideology, and it's being taught 
in uh, so many in, in the public school system. The uh, introduction of critical race theory and and to, uh, to kids at ages and stages and situations that they don't know how to handle. Um, and you can just go on from there, right? How many times have we had a chance to dig into and then the, just the moral horrors of abortion? We, we talk about wanting to take action that's vigorous and um, taking vigorous public action by church leaders when it comes to um, an evil that's impacting the health in, in a pandemic-type state. How about abortion? How about standing up with that kind of vigor, that kind of clarity, that kind of mandated action in dioceses to be implemented in schools for employees? Why not? You want to know what a you want to know what a healthcare crisis is in the state of Washington that needs to be more vigorously stood up for and 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 battled for? How about abortion and ending that? Where's the where's the vigorous response? What about you know you know you talk about a an impacting life altering impacting uh, thing that's impacting kids that would make you mandate certain uh, kinds of uh, behaviors and protocols being enforced in schools and uh, implementing those? What about what about uh, looking at the kinds of doctrine that's being presented to kids? What about especially comprehensive sexuality education and what that is fostering in kids, what it is doing to damage kids' lives? How about standing up for that with a vigorous voice, battling with as much strength and in, in, in imposing as much um, uh, you know, uh, actions to be followed, right? Where, where, where's the voice when it comes to those things? Where's the vigorous leadership when it comes to those things? So when I when I'm praying for us to be prepared for what's coming, the the Lord loves us too much to let us remain indifferent to uh, the plague of evils that are running rampant in our country and across our state at this time. He loves us too much, and so He calls us to take action. And when we take vigorous action in accord with the gospel, we then are radiant witnesses that are willing to stand up for the truth, speak it out with love, but to courageously defend it, promote it, and uh, see its implementation in the laws and policies and the structures and institutions of, uh, of our state and of our nation. This is going to lead to the common good and the flourishing of people. Uh, not imposed, not imposed, but promoted. Um, and so this is the truth of, of the faith is the truth that comes from God, and that's the God who created this world. So it's not about uh, imposing a religious practice. It's imposing, it's, it's about proposing and seeking to enshrine in law um, uh, a, a way of relating to the moral good of human beings that the church has insight into because the truths of the morality of the church are the truths that come from God. That's our belief. That's where we stand. And so battling against the clever voices of certain Catholics who would attempt to cleverly 
draw out one little thread of the church's teaching and hold it against all these others and as a way of avoiding the hard issues, as a way of avoiding taking courageous stands. That's just cowardice or corruption or compromise. But it's not standing up as a convincing and convinced witness to the gospel, which is our call. So God's going to make good out of all of this. God's going to do a lot more stripping and cleansing of us regarding what life is supposed to be all about, what kind of life we're going to get to live. Um, I don't want to get apocalyptic. I don't know how all that stuff's going to roll out, but I I do know this. We're made for heaven. Uh, Death is not a threat because death is not the end. Death is a door. It's a door to heaven. You know, it's like, I'm not afraid to die. I am afraid to displease God. I'm not afraid of men. I am afraid that Jesus will be ashamed of me when he comes with his angels to bring the kingdom if I've been ashamed of him and his doctrine. That's what he says in the Gospel of Mark. If we're going to follow him as his disciple, we have to be willing to die to ourselves, pick up our cross, and follow him. And every day, every day, and what's it worth to gain everything that the world has to offer but to lose our souls? We're made for God. We're made for heaven. Let's keep our eyes fixed in that direction. Let's gather with others who will help us do that. Let's walk together with others who are willing to stand up and live our faith, even when that means stepping up, speaking out, and pushing back. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless your day. Join me tomorrow for more Sound Insight.